Okay, so we just pulled up to Virtue Dome, a virtual reality experience. We're in the car here uh, with Tom. Uh, all right, let's go in and check it out. Yeah, let's check it out. All right, just getting out into the parking lot here in uh, sunny Idaho. Walking up the steps here. Opening up the door. And then, uh, oh, did you see that right there? You got Jack Lantern oh, stickers. Nice. You got a Jack Lantern podcast sticker, jacklanternpress.com. So come on in. Oh, dude, yeah, this is sweet. Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch and welcome Halloweeniacs to the Jack O' Lantern Press podcast on the Weird Network where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, our 90th episode, it's you, Tom, and your new virtual reality arcade Virtue Dome. What you heard at the head of the show there was some audio from my trip to Virtue Dome. After we talk a bit with Tom about himself, his love for virtual reality, and how he and his wife founded Virtue Dome, we'll go back to my visit of the arcade, strap on a VR headset, and check out why this growing new form of entertainment is something you're going to have to experience before you die. So yeah, our guest tonight, yep, it's you Tom. Yeah, Tom and his wife, Michelle, have created the ultimate virtual reality arcade in Moscow, Idaho, with some amazing VR experiences. This state-of-the-art arcade is equipped with Oculus Quest 2 wireless headsets, haptic tact suits, and gun stocks for the controllers to take the immersion to the next level in a VR combat arena. And if you have no idea what any of that means, well, guess what? Tom is going to explain it here shortly. <laughs> Virtue Dome has four stations for zombie experiences, which will keep you on edge, and escape rooms with amazing graphics and varying difficulty. <laughs> anyway, that yeah, a good sales that's pitch kind right of a, off the bat there. Yeah, just kind of like a little sales pitch uh, of the, the arcade. But for people who don't really know much about virtual reality, I know if you listen to this show regularly, you talk about a lot of virtual reality. But I don't know. Is there something else you would want to say to kind of tell? Because I think some people have an idea of what virtual reality is. But I certainly had no idea the extent of it or how crazy it really is until I actually did it. Well, I mean, actually, I mean, if you go back, I mean, think about back in the in the 80s when I was getting into VR, uh, you know, that's when they introduced like some of the other like cheesy stuff that they made. But I mean, I think what really hit home for me was was probably Lawnmower Man you know, you remember that movie, you oh, know, yeah. where, uh, yeah. I think Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan was in that. And, uh, I can't remember what the other guy's name was, but, uh, you know, Lawnmower Man really is what started it. I, I was so intrigued by that, that I went out and bought that one, uh, virtual reality book by Howard Rengold. And Do I remember reading that through that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Nice. It's definitely one of my, I remember my shelf that book. Books. Yeah, and I and I loved the whole concept, and I remember, you know, in in the early '80s, you know, maybe maybe it might have been maybe in the mid '80s, uh, maybe early '90s rather, 
But that's when I was really starting to get into it. And I, I just, I don't know. There was something about it that I liked and was always intrigued about it. And then I just got into it more. But I think I think to to just sort of step back, obviously I've introduced so many different things. And this is about horror and Halloween type games. But one thing that I do want to say is for the people who don't know what what virtual reality is, I kind of want to bring that up a little bit. If, if you if you go back, I mean, it's basically you take this headset and it goes over your head and it completely covers your eyes. Um, that's that's the one thing, and it and it takes away reality and replaces it with a virtual reality that's digital. So it, it's totally computer generated, and it gives you something that people refer to as. It's called six DOF, which means six degrees of freedom. And that allows you to physically move your head up, down, left, right, you know, forward, backwards, and experience an entire new world. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's the big thing. It's really hard to market. It's not something that I could tell you or explain to you. And you can go on YouTube and, and watch videos and it still isn't going to give you any kind of justice at all. But that's essentially what virtual reality is. And like even since the 1930s, it's been written about in science fiction novels. You started seeing like actual products in the 1960s. Uh, they had something called the Sensorama, which you like put your head in this, this huge uh, like box and inside the box it had like pictures um, but then it also had sounds and smells that they were feeding into the box uh, and that was something called uh, sensorama and, and and that was something that I think back at that time people were were like intrigued by it so it it, it sort of coined the whole thing of like ooh, it's a it's a virtualized reality sort of thing and then obviously you know they came out with the Viewmaster. And the Viewmaster oh, was, yeah, you know, Viewmaster. one of those. Yeah, forgot you, you, about You take those. that goggles, you you put them on your your eyes, and then you're you're looking at still pictures, and then you could push the button down, and it switches the picture. You know, it had that little wheel with all the different pictures on it, and that was kind of like a a virtual reality to some extent, not really, but you know, it sort of. Yeah, you're kind of like transported to the picture in a way. Oh yeah. You had to, you had exactly. to shine you had to hold it up to the light though in order to see it. Oh, so it's yeah, basically right. like looking at slide film, but they're through they almost like they're like binoculars kind of, but when you hold it up to the light, you could see uh the the slide that that's being displayed in there and then you could click it and it'll go to the next picture, the next picture. Yeah. And that I I feel like that was something you know even though it was two-dimensional it was still neat you know and it still yeah brought you to that you know maybe that time or that memory and then what in the in the 90s they started introducing um you know nintendo came out with the virtual boy which was that red sort of device that you could you know put your your eyes in into and and then it had like a sort of they were cheesy graphics, but it it, it Dude, failed I miserably. I do not but remember that. Yeah, if you look up the Virtual, Virtual Boy, Boy, it it failed, but it it was uh, it still was a product by Nintendo, 
And then Sega actually had plans in the 90s to come out with a, uh, a peripheral that went onto some of their Sega uh, consoles, but they never really made it uh, into a product that, that was sold. They were close to doing it, and then it just sort of failed out, Dang. fizzled out and whatnot. Yeah, I'm looking at the Nintendo one. came out in 1995. Stereoscopic 3D graphics. Yeah, it seemed like it kind of looks familiar, but I do not remember this. We didn't have it. Huh. Like we we never got it, but yeah, I, but, I mean, know I, I'm we shocked we it. didn't. But I, it probably was really expensive at the time, and and uh, oh, it I'm wasn't sure. really getting much momentum either, just because they they claim if you continue to read the article that it was a failed product and probably one of the one of the most failed products I think that Nintendo ever put out. Um, it just didn't take. And, and and a lot of the reason for that is back at that time, they, they didn't have the optics. They not only didn't have the, the, the processing power to really do much with it, but they didn't have the optics to make it look yeah, really that's what, decent. That, that's what it says here. I'm, I'm just reading this from Wikipedia. It says its failure has been attributed to its high price, monochrome display, unimpressive stereoscopic effect, lack of true portability, and health concerns. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it I don't know what the your health eyes. concerns were. <laughs> but if you fast forward a little bit and you go from from that to like around the 2014-15 time, uh, there was a guy, uh, a younger kid named Palmer Lucky, who uh, it's kind of funny that this even happened this way. Uh, but Palmer Lucky was in his garage uh, and he was messing with optics and. Uh, and he, you know, was kept piecing things together. Was always fascinated in, into virtual reality, and came up with a headset. And it's a really good story about this kid, who ended up uh, just getting involved with the right people at the right time, like John Carmack. And and uh, there's actually a really good book out called um, "The History of the Future," and it's by uh, a guy named Blake Harris. And the book is excellent. And it talks about like how Oculus even came about, how you know Palmer Lucky created the Oculus with a bunch of of these these guys that you know really had passion towards it and built it into into what it what it was when they first came out with their consumer product called the Oculus Rift. And wait, when did it so really when started? Did James, when did James Halliday create the Oasis though? <laughs> yeah, is it around that, no, that time? Hasn't been. That hasn't been created yet, but <laughs> that hasn't uh, been. Oh, that's still gonna happen. Okay, in the future, I I will tell you. So <laughs> even just stepping back just a little bit more, Facebook obviously bought out Oculus uh, for two billion dollars, and then I know a lot of people don't really like Facebook, and I I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that that you know Mark Zuckerberg has do, done. But I do think it's great because he has sunk a lot of money into creating virtual reality the way that it is today and beefing it up and really, you know, exploring, you know, some really neat things. Um, so even if you set aside all your hate towards him and you look at what he what he's kind of done with VR, he's been one of the biggest proponents in pushing VR forward to the mass uh, people now I don't know what his agenda really is, uh, but I can say the Oculus Quest 2, which is the headsets that I predominantly have in my 
um, at my arcade, they are a great affordable headset. You could buy it for 300 bucks uh, and you could take it wirelessly anywhere and, and use it. Or you could tether it to your PC now uh, with an Oculus Link cable, which I do even at my my uh, arcade and run PC VR uh, experiences, which are a little bit more intense. The graphics and whatnot are better and it's processed on a, on a powerful PC. And that's what I'm able to deliver, you know, higher end um, PC content. And it's really... Uh, really good. I mean, you, you also have other brands like HTC came out with, you know, the Vive, and now they have like Vive Pro, which is predominantly in arcades as well, as well as the, the Valve Index, uh, and Valve being the creators of Steam, uh, the Index is one of the best VR headsets out. It's just really expensive, um, and I think they're about to announce uh, another product here soon, and I know... Um, uh, Facebook is about to announce another Oculus Quest platform um, on the October 28th. Um, but I can say, just with all of that, that's kind of a VR in a nutshell. And I, I've always been really interested in it. And when I when I started getting into VR, when um, the Oculus platform came out, I, I had the first um, DK1. Uh, that's the developer kit one, and then it went to the developer kit two, and then I got the the Oculus Rift. Uh, they refer to that a lot as the CV1, and then I I had the HTC Vive, uh, followed by you know both Quests. I I had the Go. I mean I could sit here and name off all the different VR did headsets you, I have, but did you ever ahead. get the Google Glass? Yeah, I had the cardboard. <laughs> There was another product called Merge uh, that was like a foam sort of thing that you throw your phone in. And then I, uh, I went yeah. into this, uh, this you know, the Windows Mixed Reality stuff, which I, I, I really didn't like all that much. But I, I've been to all sorts of stuff like The Void when it first came out down in Southern California. Did a lot of those experiences. There was some stuff in Vegas. Uh, I think they were called Zero Latency they have a really good product as well. Um, down in, in Southern California, they also have something called Sandbox VR, which has a lot of cool experiences and whatnot. But getting into, you know, Virtue Dome and why I wanted to create it, you know, my, my wife and I... Uh, uh, whoa, whoa, we... whoa. Hang on, hang on, hang on a oh, second. Go ahead. Before you get into all that. So that was basically, you were telling us about VR, but don't think that uh, you're not going to be able to uh, participate in a tradition on this podcast, which is before you get into your story and all that, we have to welcome you to the Jack Lantern Press podcast. And um, <laughs> we're, yeah, I guess we missed that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's tradition, when we do our interviews, the people, the person we're interviewing usually has to share a favorite Halloween memory. So you have to do that. That has to happen before we get into your story. So, uh, oh. Tom, welcome to the Jack O' Lantern Press podcast. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we like to uh, usually ask our guests before uh, we get into their story, uh, what's your favorite Halloween memory you'd like to share? So, Tom, go ahead. Do you have a favorite yeah. mem Halloween memory? Actually, I do have a favorite Halloween uh, memory, and uh, uh, there would be normally two Halloween memories, but 
I still think ultimately the best one was the the year where you know um, you and I and and all of our friends made that haunted house in in Petaluma and uh, we we spent weeks uh. I think before Halloween where we found that building and they let us just just kind of we didn't have to rent it or anything like that but we yeah because the, uh, Adam well one of our friends Adam his grandparents owned I don't well I don't know they managed it was an old mill but they had little storefronts in it and so there was an empty one and they allowed us to use that storefront to make a haunted house but it was kind of cool because that old mill was kind of creepy yeah so it kind of lent to a haunted house perfectly well what's crazy about that that whole thing though was we didn't even i i don't think we expected it to get as big as it did and i think over time we just kept getting more excited and more excited to the point where we were like building ramps out of wood to where there was a plexiglass, um, you know, little window where when somebody was walking over this bridge, uh, the light would, would shine and there was somebody underneath it. Yeah, we had our friend Troy being the host. Turned on, yeah, the person underneath turned on a light and because it was yeah. pretty dark and you, you don't really see, but then as you walk over this plexiglass square, which you can't see, someone underneath turn the light on and here was this monster underneath there you know banging on the floor you're walking on and so it's like that monster's underneath you which was something that really actually to this day I don't think I've ever seen no so I don't even really know how the heck we we were able to pull that off but somehow we did and 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 even if if you you know as you ventured out off of that platform you walked into like this swamp where we pulled the this moss from these trees up in the mountains and yeah and i mean it, that I remember that, it was we just were fun. projecting all the we had my super 8 projector and we had shot with my super 8 camera the ghosts from the movie Fantasia, just the ghosts. We kept like re- rewinding oh, yeah. the videotape. We shot it on the big screen TV, basically just aimed the camera at it, shot it. And then we, we were projecting these ghosts on the walls of that. It was kind of like a mine, you know, we had like a little cave and then the ghosts were flying around and all that moss. The one thing that I remember about that haunted house was the meat. Because I worked at Price Club yeah. at the time, and we and I, I went in and asked the butcher if he had like scraps of meat, and so we had like a whole cooler full of this old meat, and I feel like we did this over like two weekends, or was it just I think one so, weekend? Yeah. I no, don't I think it was over a couple of weekends. So that meat was sitting in the cooler, and and we basically we had like a kitchen area where where Chad was like chopping up body parts and we had all that meat and he would like turn around as he was like cutting. I think he was cutting with the knife and we even had like a table saw or something and he turned yeah. around and was holding all the meat. But I just remember when we were cleaning that haunted house up and all that yeah, meat reek. was still in yeah. there and it smelled so bad. 
<laughs> well, and then and then at the very end we had Adam with the chainsaw, and yeah, yeah. you know that we, he would run people out of it. And it, it the the crazy part about it is we never expected how big it was going to get. And Halloween night we were slammed, and the radio station came out. I think we were on the news. Um, we were charging yeah, we were a in dollar. The newspaper. The guy in the radio crazy. station he wanted to go through. Yeah, yeah. I it it, it was, so that's that's probably the the best Halloween memory. I mean, maybe if if you throw another one in, you know, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, elementary school when Dad did the haunted house, you know, in room number nine, that was always neat. Even the the one haunted house that you and I did. Where we we put the sheets in the windows and made fire oh, and yeah. and we had people you know sitting there setting up their chairs across the street because we were scaring the crap out of people and I mean I, there's so many memories that obviously I I have I can go for days on on different haunted houses that we've set up over the years and even some of the stuff I've done recently um, but I'm hoping for this year I'm hoping that that I could get some people into Virtue Dome to experience some of the haunted stuff that that I have um, that I just installed actually last night. Well, we record this, you know, obviously earlier than when this is going to be put out, but I installed all these, these haunted games that you're now going to be able to experience uh, throughout this entire month, but it's still going to be there in the you know later months as well it's just coming out this month so nice well so before we get into that you kind of talked a little bit about how you got into virtual reality but that's what I was going to ask you how when did you get involved in virtual reality and I remember you got your computer in like 90 in in is definitely the early 90s and how yeah. did you find was it lawnmower man or what was it? Where where did you find it? Or was it a magazine? Yeah, it was it was one hundred percent from that that I wanna say it was from that movie. From the imagination comes the story of a man. Go! Come on, boy, let's go. Grass is waiting for you. With the mind of a child. Yes, Cybo Man. He came to see me. Cybo Man. Comics, right? Yes, Cybo Man. <laughs> and a doctor. Virtual reality holds a key to the evolution of the human mind. With a vision of the future. I have a game in my house that you might like to play. Would you like that? Yeah. Okay. That was really bad. I have different games. I even have one that could help make you smarter. Now, ah! Job Smith is about to enter the world of virtual reality. Ah, it's gonna hit no, me! No, no, Job, just relax. It's gonna be like being up there with the stars, Job. They're going to another planet. His mind is like a clean, hungry sponge. Ah! I just graduated to the next level, Job. <laughs> You're not the lawnmower man. Oh, you've certainly changed. I don't know how you did it, but I approve. I absorbed Latin yesterday in less than two hours. Joe, where are you? Joe. A world where the normal course of events can suddenly turn 
inside out. You realize, Dr. Angelo, that my intelligence has surpassed yours. The imaginary becomes real. Trying to get inside my head, Joe. You can't hide anything from me, Dr. Angelo. And reality... We have no idea what he's gonna do. ...is all in your mind. Because there was something about that movie when they were in the the game, and 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 I, I remember when Pierce Brosnan was like hanging from the ceiling, uh, on this this little seat, and he had this thing called the flying mouse, and he was immersed in this in this area, and they were like always flying through the tubes, and and I know it was just graphics. I mean, they didn't really have you know, stuff like that, but then I started looking things up, and that's when they had, like, all these different, um, these different products that were out, but they never really made it anywhere, because they just, like I said, you know, this, this stuff really wasn't all that exciting, they, they were trying to bring a lot of stuff out in the early 90s with, like, you know, arcades and, and things like that, but it just never really took off, and yeah, so, so, that movie, The Lawnmower Man, came out in 1992, so then I guess yeah, it's so, safe to say. Did you see it in the theater? I know I didn't. I remember we rented it. I, I don't did I don't think we saw it in the theater. I think we, we just watched it just one day rented from it. there. I think I was really excited about it. So it if it came out in ninety two, more than likely it was it was the early to mid nineties that I really started getting into it. And that's when I got that book on virtual reality from Howard Rengold. Um and that that book was so neat because it really went back to like you know going back to like the sensorama or the or you know the viewmaster and even all the other stuff where it talks about smells and and uh, you know those different types of experiences and then goes into you know all that crazy stuff and I think from there is really what pushed me further and further you know into like the gaming stuff because I had you know the computer so between the computer the animation graphics i there was always this sense of excitement towards being fully immersed in games and you know you only had like the 2d games where you're looking at the monitor and i mean i don't really want to say that it's it's 2d they i think they call it pancake uh, you know gaming where it's still it's 3d you know inside the the game because it's the 3d models and whatnot but it when when you go from that and you put a headset on and you're you're playing these games in a headset it's just just hard to really go back to regular games uh and and play them i mean i still enjoy them and i still play a lot of you know just regular games but honestly every single time i get into a game now i want it to be in vr i i you know i want to experience it in vr and i think that once they get past the the motion sickness that a lot of people complain about, which I even suffer from a little bit too. Uh, I think that that VR is really going to take off. I mean, we we mentioned a little bit, you know, you have Ready Player One, you know, Ready Player Two. Those two books were were really well done. Those are by Ernest Cline. Um, if you haven't read those or even watched the movie, I, I urge you to go go read those books, watch the movie. Really, the the metaverse, as they they put it, which is going to be the the new thing that's coming out um, that a lot of companies are are working on. But the metaverse term, uh, which is a kind of a virtualized sort of thing, I think mainly with VR, augmented reality, 
that that term was first coined in in uh, a novel called Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, which that's a great book as well. If anybody's you know interested in in that sort of stuff, that's a great book to to read as well. Um, but I don't know. I I I think that with all of that stuff kind of combined, really got me into into VR. So yeah. So then you you spent a lot uh, like a lot of the work you did you did a lot of IT work and you ended up at the city of Moscow uh doing I you started IT right you started in that department right well actually a lot of my IT skills went back to when I worked at for Lockheed Martin uh at Hanford I started out on a help desk and kind of worked my way through actually even before that cuz I worked at GE Capital doing like long-term care applications and then I ended up creating like all these macros that pretty much you know put me out of a job because it it started automating you know these tasks that we had to do and instead of just your common data entry I was in charge of creating these macros to make the process faster Um, that was also around the time where I was getting pretty excited you know about animation uh, where, you know, I was making the graphics on our, our movies that you were making, you know, do, you know, doing like the credits. And, and then I submitted stuff to LucasArts because when I worked at GE Capital, LucasArts was like right below us. And I tested some of the games from those neighbors we had that worked, you know, at LucasArts creating, you know. Oh, yeah. What was um, the name of that game that they they worked on? It was like a motorcycle um, game. Was it called Yeah, Full it was Full Throttle. Throttle. Yeah, yeah, and then they came out with cool. Full Throttle Two, and, and then they, they were having like the Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault Two, and I remember testing some of those and giving my feedback to them, and and uh, then I went into that animation program, and that's where I saw that you know IT was was probably the better avenue than going down the animation path, just because I didn't have access to like some of the bigger programs to do it, and. So IT really became like the the bigger thing when I worked at Lockheed Martin. Uh, I started out on a help desk and then just built my way up to doing networks and servers. And when I, you know, uh, became a, a, an IT manager over at a company called Infinia, um, I was in charge of building that entire network uh, pretty quickly. And over three years, you know, just was able to manage people um, build infrastructures and then that company went out of business uh, we all got laid off and then I got a job at the city of Moscow being a network systems administrator eventually becoming the assistant director but you know we do all kinds of stuff on there um, and that's so how currently do you, what I do for a living how do you go from that to creating this virtual reality arcade and this is this this happens before covid and all that you start you start getting the idea to do so it wasn't like COVID happened and you're like oh what am I gonna do so this so before COVID happened you have this great job uh, how do you how do you go from that to hey let's start an arcade well the thing was is that you know when I got the first headset the the, the DK well actually the DK two was really where it was introduced you know from Oculus and that that was a development kit. 
and I ordered it. It was like 250 bucks or something along those lines, and it came, and I remember when it when it first was in this box, and I pulled it out and hooked it up to my computer, and and it had this stupid scene. It was like a desk scene, and all it was was you put the headset on, and there's a desk that's in front of you. The interesting part about it is in real life, where I was sitting, I was sitting at my desk, but I had moved my chair back just a little bit and so I wasn't directly you know where if I if I touched the desk I had a little bit of space but the crazy part about it is when I first put that headset on it was almost like I was sitting at an actual desk when indeed I was kind of sitting at an actual desk but the funny part about it was I went to stand up with this headset on and since I had moved my chair back just a little bit, I went to go lean on the virtual desk, but I wasn't far enough to be on my real desk, and I literally face-planted right into my actual desk because it was so <laughs> real. And even though the graphics were cheesy, it was so real, my mind was blown. And I, that's when, even more so, I was like, this is this is so neat. And I started downloading all these like test things that people were creating. One being affected the manner, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But that was like a horror experience where you're like walking through a haunted house. And I, that was the first time I was introduced with that. And that was where I, I was probably more excited about VR than I've ever been just because it took something that I had passion about being horror and haunted houses and brought it into like this virtual reality this whole world and it just was to me was that's where the light bulb kind of went on and went you know this would be neat to be able to introduce this to all sorts of people and I remember with all the kids I had them try it out and we were everybody was laughing because you were like people were screaming and and that's where I went to from that to just investing in all of these different headsets playing the games loving it and then saying to myself this would be so neat to be able to create like an arcade like back in the day where people would come in and play Pac-Man and and stuff like that and and uh and but have it to where like kids now or even adults now can come into a place and put a headset on and and kind of you know experience VR as as like an arcade but put something together where people can play together and have your traditional booths and you know of course you know me being the Halloween person I am and the monster person I am you know, I introduced a ton of, of haunted games, horror games, zombie experiences. And right before COVID, we were actually going to, you know, put ourselves in this mall. Uh, and then COVID hit and shut everything down. And I stopped what I was doing. Uh, yeah, because you then were eventually... meeting with banks. And uh, well, before oh, yeah. you got there, before you get there, though, like, how did you sell this to Michelle? Like, you just were like, hey, you know, thinking of quitting my job and making an arcade and getting a loan. What do you think? Like how did you well, how did you sell it to We never your really wife? we never really said we were going to, you know, quit quit our jobs, but she was always more supportive than than anybody. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't have even done any of this if it hadn't been for her driving it and pushing it. Uh she never complained once 
about all the headsets that I was buying. Matter of fact, she was right there, you know, making sure that I would always get the latest headset because she knew that I would, it would, it was something that excited me. And then she was always backing me on opening this business. And as a matter of fact, I didn't have much confidence at all in even wanting to do it. Like, cause I, I, my expertise is in technology and, and building infrastructure and servers and whatnot. It was never really like, oh, hey, I'm going to just start this business. And I think really what made it easier for me was when you and I started making the book, the Jack-O-Lantern, uh, you know, building Jack-O-Lantern Press and, and, and doing the Transylvania Traveler book because then I started looking into how to create a business. And that made it easier, you know, to go into the website and and, you know, register the company and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I think that helped me to have a little bit more confidence in, in actually creating Virtue Dome. So, yeah, I mean, we pitched stuff to, to banks that, you know, things were falling through, you know, COVID hit, and then we kind of stopped. And then once COVID started, you know, being a little bit better, you know, then I, we start, we decided to pull the trigger and my wife and I both were like, let's do it. Uh, granted, we don't get any sleep and we, we work constantly, but we opened it on May 15th, 2021. And uh, I'm and not going to say just that it's a Saturday and Sunday when you yeah, first just started opened, out right? Saturday, Sunday, eventually going to Friday evenings. Um, and I'm not going to say that, you know, it's a huge success yet, but every month we've been gaining momentum. It's really hard to advertise. Uh, a lot of people who come in right now, they, they don't know we, we even exist. But, you know, word of mouth is traveling. The nice part about being where I'm at is this isn't a very big town. And news spreads fast. There's a lot of people talking about it. They come in and they, they have a great time. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially how we got where we are. So just briefly, before we go to the audio of my visit to the arcade and I went up um geez it's been when did I go out there it's been a couple months I think it was now, the right? end of July yeah so I go out there and and tried out a lot of the stuff that you were doing but right now t so tell us a little bit about uh what you have available what you walk in and and what games do you have or experiences What's the setup? Just like a brief, a brief setup. Yeah. So you walk in, the very first thing you're going to see is the arena. It takes up the majority of, of the area and the arena is, is coined really after think of laser tag, except you put a, a headset on and you battle it out. You can have up to six people. You battle it, battle it out against each other and uh, you play something called Mission X. VR, which is by um, a company called Holomia, and they have this head-to-head -head game where you see the other people and you physically walk through it. Walls come up, you walk around, you shoot the other people, and then when you die, you kind of go back to your start point, you respawn, and and then you battle it out again. That's sort of and the what's arena. The, how many people can... It has to be at least two and two to you have, to have how many at least people? two and up to six people okay we also have Got something it. else that we just put in called cops and robbers which is along the same lines it's got like this elevator in there but it's the same thing you shoot shoot up and uh and you go you physically walk around that those boundaries 
And then off to the right of that, we have four booths. And I call them uh, booths because that you basically walk in. It's a set area. The headsets are hooked up to PCs. And then those are where we have the higher end, more exclusive type uh, experiences. So we have a ton of zombie experiences that are very intense. And we usually put people in something called Top Squad uh, first, which is a little more subtle. It's daylight. Um, you're able to teleport around get various weapons and shoot zombies that are coming up and personal in your face. Then there's the Propagation VR Stage 1, 2, and 3. 3 being the worst of the zombie experiences where I've had grown men take the headset off. I've had grown men scare, you know, screaming, women who Which are in did I positions. Do? You did Stage 1. Um, oh. Where you were in the grocery Shoot, store. you didn't put me in 3? I didn't put you in 3 right off the bat because I wanted you to see, you know, the beginning zombie at the, uh, of stage one, um, which equally is, is still good. It's not like it's bad, but stage three, you got to yeah. go through the whole thing and there's spiders, giant spiders and a boss oh, fight at I the end. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. The spiders. And then we have escape rooms. We have 11 different escape rooms that you can go into using the same booths. You can have up to four people on that where uh, you're all working cooperatively to go through all sorts of different things. And Mike and I tried out Alice. Um, there's one called House of Fear. There's uh, another one where you escape from a prison. There's one you disarm a, uh, you know, a, a nuke, and you're making your way through it. Um, a lot of the trailers, if you go to VirtueDome.com, all the trailers for each of the escape rooms are on there. We also have like an underwater experience that um, are for kids where you're going around and you're treasure hunting and so on and so forth. And then we just, like I said, introduced um, the ability for you to rent the booths out, you know, if it's 10 minutes up to an hour. And then you could play up to like 70 different games, you know, Pistol Whip, Super Hot, you know, stuff like that. Those are popular games. Arizona Sunshine, which is a, a zombie game that's really popular. Um the Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, and Onslaught, those are, are really popular zombie games as well. Um, Affected the Manor, which I had mentioned several times in our previous podcasts. There's another one I found called Escape Bloody Mary, where you put the headset on and you're sitting oh, in yeah. front of a mirror. Yeah, You sent me and that that's video. Pretty scary. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, that definitely looks cool. So, And then uh, even in the arena, we have a... Uh, a Halloween map that, you know, you're dressed up, it, your avatar is dressed up in like a, you know, a Halloween costume and you got laser guns and you're shooting each other and you're in like this dungeon and there's pumpkins all around and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you would see when you walk in the, in the arcade. We also have off to the left when you walk in, we, you know, I got some of the retro arcade cabinets. Um, I have Pac-Man, I have Big Buck Hunter, um, and then I have NBA Jam, as well as this table called the Infinity, Infinity Table, which has like a slew of board games on it. And it's a big oversized like tablet looking deal. Um, and you can have up to six people sitting around that and you can, you can, um, you know, touch the screen and play like Monopoly and you could do um, uh, Shoots and Ladders, Candyland, uh, oh, nice. you can play Checkers, Chess. It's 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 really fun. It's good for birthday parties. 
And then I have like, you know, trailers going on some TVs and we have a big screen where you could see, you know, what's happening in the arena and there's TVs behind every one of the booths. Uh, and then that's, that's basically what you see. Now, before we get to my experiences there at Virtue Dome, cause we have audio of my visit, you can see a lot of this stuff on your website. I believe you're still updating it, right? With some of the right. experiences or how much can you actually see or can you see a decent amount of what you have to offer on the website? Yeah, if you go to www.virtuedome.com and you just go through each of those tabs, there's not a ton on the website, but if you go to the experiences tabs, or experiences tab, you'll see all of the stuff that we currently have, excluding right now, excluding the ability to rent the booths and all the games that we have available there. That's being updated um, so that you could see what games are available. I just haven't done it yet. Uh, I'm hoping to get that done soon on all the spare time that I have, which is none. But yeah, the the big thing, you know, for for this podcast and what I want to get out is this stuff that we're doing for Halloween. Um, we have like 11 different experiences that I had mentioned already, you know, the zombie stuff affected the manor, you know, things like that. You come in, you could play those, you know, get scared, come in on, you know, on the weekends, we're going to be open Halloween one of the things that I wanted to actually mention is a promotion that we're doing for anybody who's listening to this podcast right now. Uh, if you come in and you mention that you heard this on our podcast and you play one of the the horror games, um, you can get our book, The Transylvania Traveler, uh, for $10. So if you come oh, in and nice. mention us, uh, you can get the book for $10 while supplies last basically so yeah come in say hey i'm here to play uh you know a zombie game or you know go into the affected the manor or whatever you want a horror game you want to play even if you go onto the arena and, and and you want the halloween map that is is uh enough for you to say hey i listened to your podcast and uh i i'm just mentioning this promotion and you'll get our book for ten dollars and i'll sign it for you nice all right, so that is VirtuDome.com, and that is V-I-R-T-U-D-O-M-E.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, now, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, check out what my visit was like when I went into VirtuDome. So we this have... is all the stuff that you can purchase. So you have... VR escape rooms and all the different escape rooms you can choose. That's cool. You have difficulty, hard, medium, easy. VR combat arena. So you can choose spaceship, military camp, pirates hunter, snow town, ghost camp, and then VR booths. Those are the zombie experiences. Archery tower base camp. That's neat. Underwater adventure for kids and adults. That's cool. Yeah. All right. And okay. does anyone play the Pac-Man over here? Yeah. That's the big so question. The interesting part about the Pac-Man is that the WSU football coach, he came in here when they were doing the recruits. Oh, and he was playing and that? And he played it, and he has the best score right now. We have a picture Better of it. Better than yours? Yeah. He actually beat the scores. Oh, I need to, need to send that crap to, to Matt Douglas 
and Dang. tell him that the WSU head head coach. So clearly, this dude is probably a little bit older than we are. He grew up in an arcade. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, he was so stoked on that, but he also he also wanted to to do this and be involved in this as well. So basically, now Tom and I are walking over to the actual arena itself, and there's like a grid on the floor. And this blue, like, markings. Like, do these markings, the way this is patterned, does that mean something? No, well, it says BB. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you look at it this way, I see. See, when I saw pictures of this, I thought, I didn't know if that blue was like, okay, you need to be in this quadrant no, or no, something. No, so a lot of people think that the walls come up there. But really, the whole um, reason that we put a pattern on the floor to begin with is it helps the tracking of the headsets. Oh, so that's I see. why there's the lightning sort of panda thing. We have these spots here, the little boxes, are where everybody sits. So it's always a three verse three or a two verse uh, two or a one verse one. And then you, you stand there and then what happens is that imaginary walls pop up and then you have to walk around the walls and then shoot your opposing, the opposing team. I and see. then when you die, all of the walls drop and, and then you have to walk back to your, your designated box. Yeah, as soon as you hit that designated box, the walls come back up. And then uh, okay, so this, there's, so basically what we're looking at right now is there's a big, large, uh, arena, like a, a plat. Re- it's a rectangle, yeah, and, and it's like a pad, um, like foam that you're standing on. So there's that. Which I'm assuming is the, the, the gameplay where you're fighting yeah. each other. Then there are four other boxes, and now are, these are what the, the like the zombie experiences and all that. Zombie experience, the uh, escape rooms, the oh the escape rooms are in the little boxes. Yep. yep. Ah, okay. And how many people can go into an escape Just room? One. Oh, well, only just, one person. Just one per booth. So you can have four people in the escape room. But all four booths will be taken, so it's one person per. Computer. Oh, so, okay. So you can have so you can have each per like one person per box, but they're all in the same escape yeah. room experience. All and then the zombie oh, experience see. is the same thing. You on the top squad zombie experience, you could have four people in there, and then on the the propagation VR stuff, which is. Um, you know, it's a co-op experience, so you could have two players in there, and that's the max you could have. Oh, I see, I see. So what we're going to do today is I'm gonna, we're going to go into the zombie experience and have you see that, and then I also am going to put you in this arena. The gut to do, like, the shooter thing. Yeah. I noticed that there's a Transylvania Traveler poster over here. Yeah. That's a really good-looking poster. So I'll turn on a couple of computers. I'm gonna, we'll do the arena first, and then we'll throw you in the... The other thing. The, the zombie experience. Yeah, so while Tom is setting up, I'll kind of just walk you through a little, a few other things that I'm noticing here. There are some carts here that look like they have headsets, uh, these haptic vests. Is that what they're called? Haptic yeah, vests? They're, they're haptic vests, and they're by a company called B Haptics. There's 16 motors in it. And so if you get hit from the back, one of the motors kicks on. And if you get hit from the front, same thing. And it doesn't hurt, right? Actually, I have a pace. Vibrates. I have a pacemaker. Do you think that that's an issue? I have no idea, so I wouldn't do it. 
Yeah, so you I started thinking about that. that. That may not be a good idea to put we have, magnets up close to that. <laughs> we have the 3D printed 9mm gun stock that hooks to the controller. Wait, did you print these? No, no but somebody okay. else, it's a company called Glockulus. Oh, okay. But we did 3D print the ones that I was showing you yeah, yesterday. Yeah, those, right. But they just weren't as cool as these. Like, these were good, and so we ended up ordering them. But yeah, I didn't even think about that with the pacemaker, so definitely we're not going to do that. Yeah, that probably wouldn't, I don't know if that would, there's probably magnets in there that may not be a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like you have six different little carts here with, and that's at the, the what do you call this? Do you call this the, or the arena? And this, what do you This is the arena, and then the other smaller squares, the four, those are the booths. And the escape rooms, because that's where that stuff happens. Got it. So if you imagine a big rectangular space, this room that we're in, in the, taking up most of this space is this rectangle uh, space. It has foam on it. And so that's the arena. And then you have these other uh squares on the side there called booths but it's the same material the same like foam material that you it's kind of like if if you the material is from uh like like a bait like a like like what kids play on a gym they put these in gyms oh okay this foam or whatever yeah Yeah. it's like a weightlifting thing when you do exercises it's like just a small like half inch foam that you put down on the ground so that you can if you're kneeling on the ground, you you, you don't jack up your knee. Floor. Yeah, it's kind of soft, you know, so you could probably like jump around and whatnot. It's good for walking on. Um, so right now, Tom is firing up some computers. So he's got uh, a couple of the uh, what do we call these again? Booths. Yeah, the booths. He's got two booths. He's firing up. They kind of they look pretty cool. I like how. You kind of see through this CPU, and you see they're like little color lights as the little motors are spinning. Yeah, so between this, this is going to basically get us the zombie experience that we're about to do, and it also is going to, um, I want to show you like the... uh, Alice, because Alice is just the, the look of just the look, will yeah. take you into the House of Fear, too. Oh, yeah, that is. I'm looking at the poster here for House of Fear. That looks really cool. It's got this dude holding the chainsaw in someone's head. There's a bunch of skulls around him. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's an escape room, and it's an easy escape room. But that, that House of Fear, the, the dude with the chainsaw, he comes after you. And you have to kill him in this, oh, wow. and it's it's neat. Like, but it's not it's not as scary or anything as as the zombie experiences are definitely uh, something a little bit more. Um, and there's there's different stages and whatnot of the zombie experience that gets more and more intense. But these these escape rooms, I think, are really well done, and they're like a Hollywood episode. Uh, when, when, just wait till you see Alice. When we actually go into Alice, wait, just wait till you see it. You're going to uh, crap. Okay, so now you have, you just put this projector on the wall, and this is saying blue team versus mission X. No, no, no. So the blue team, red team, and the bottom. Oh, no, there, there it is. I see. Yeah, yeah. Ma- red is, team. Okay. Is you could put their names in there. So if I want to, if I wanted to come over here and say, you and I are going to play each other, so 
I'll back that out and I'll put Mike on the blue team and me on the red team, right? Okay. Boom, just like that. And then you can even change the team name. And then when you hit next, it will set the names in there and then you, you go to your designated spot and go do your thing. But the cool thing is, is that the people that are sitting here waiting, looking up on that. Oh, they can see. You're going to see it, but I can also put a player view for all the headsets and you see what they're seeing. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So as you're running around, you're watching them physically move around, but then you see what they're seeing in the headset there, or you see a top view of them shooting. And it's like shooting lasers and stuff like that. And you could see it in there and people get to watch. Wow, so it's kind of neat. Alright, so here's basically the instructions for the arena. All you care about is the trigger button. You can you could press and keep pressing it over and over and over to shoot like you would a regular gun. Right. Uh, when you're out of ammo, you, you just drop it down and bring it back up. Okay. But you can't hold down the trigger and it just bursts fire, so it'll just keep firing. And then uh, while you're shooting, while you're holding it down, you can just drop it real quick and bring it back up. To reload. To reload. Okay. So there's an indicator on the back of the gun when you're in the headset that actually tells you how much uh, ammo you have left and then also the health. So I don't have to worry about any of these other buttons. No, nothing. Just, just the trigger. Boom, boom, and that's it. Okay. So you'll start at your start position. And like I said, the imaginary walls are going to pop up. When they pop up, you have to walk around those those walls. walls. What am I able to walk through a wall, or I'll just be stuck there? If you walk through a wall, you die. Oh, okay. So and then if I shoot you, obviously you die. When you die, all the walls drop, and I have to go back to my square. And you're you're gonna have a line that goes back to your spot. So like so clear indicator, like oh you're here and that's your spot. You would then just walk back. Go like this, boom, the walls come back up, and then you're ready to go again. Okay. Can I cross to your side? Like, is it possible for people to run into each other? They can if they, but you you and I will see each other. We'll see each other, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Tom has his gun, I'm going to get my gun right now. So I'll put you in first. Alright, we've got to put the headset on. So you're going to go back here, right here, you're going to stand on that, you're going to face that way. Oh, wow. 
There's like, it's like you're in Aliens, kind of, like the movie. Okay, like so you're in the middle of the corridor, yeah. Well, I have to start this and then beeline it over, so you're going to have to wait a second for me to get yeah, over. Yeah, that's fine. I'll kind of get myself acquainted with the, uh, what's it, oh, because I'm reloading. My gun was, I had my gun held down. Alright, here we go. So here comes the walls. Oh wow. Okay, so the walls just popped up. There's all kinds of canisters. What are the canisters? They're, they're just barrels. So now, start walking through. Don't touch walls. Okay. And, oh. See how Dude, that is freaking cool. Okay, wait, don't shoot me yet. I kind of want to just walk through yeah. the whole maze. So there, there you are. Yeah. This really feels like I am in this location. So right now I'm walking through a maze of walls. There's like barrels standing up that you kind of have to walk around. Now there's something that I kind of have to duck under. Okay? It's like a wall that, a partition that comes down and you have to put it, I can walk underneath it. So I'm crawling underneath that. Okay, so now I'm gonna walk through Dude, this, it, I mean, I'm telling you, it feels like I'm really here. So Tom is shooting me right now. Oh, the wall just dropped. Oh, there's my line. So the all walls dropped, and it basically there's a line that goes back to my starting point, the little square in the corner of the rectangle. So I'm going to walk back to my, I'm going to follow that line. It's going to go back to my starting point. And by the way, so I used to get sick on, I just shot Tom. Wait, how many times do you have to do it before they die? Okay, now I'm dead. Oh, I see, you have to shoot so you, you have to That's shoot quite a bit, but I mean, maybe in headshots are better than body shots. Now, you're going back to your spot. Yeah, I could be wandering around and hiding somewhere out, but you probably see me though, right? So I just killed you. Ah. And then at the end, it said the red team once. I didn't put our names in there, but it says Eagle oh, yeah, Tiger. Or I'm Eagle Your Tiger or something. And then when it's done, it says mission complete, remove the headset, or wait for the operator. And the thing is, is when you do this, you just go back to your start position, and I change the map. So now watch this. Wait, where did my line go? Your line's not there, but you just go to Tiger, because that's where you originally started. So move over to the next one. Uh, okay. Line. Well, so I, just to say this, so I just, I got really sick with the virtual reality when we were in the living room. I not, I haven't felt sick at all, and, and you're saying that that's because we're actually moving versus standing still and and going through the virtual space but you're really not moving. That right. makes sense at all. I'm not I was getting sick before when I wasn't physically moving, but I was virtually moving through a space. Whereas now I'm moving physically but I'm also moving virtually. So because I'm doing both I'm not getting 
running state? Or does it have to do its frame rate or anything like that? Well, I mean, it goes to everything. Frame rate is a huge thing. But the biggest thing is that because you're physically walking, it doesn't screw it up. Yeah, because I, mean, I'm not, I don't feel sick at all. I feel like I can walk around through this virtual space, which I'm doing right now, and I don't feel sick at all. So go, go back to your start point. Okay, so let's go back here's, to here's what makes this arena better than any laser tag. Because what, what I'm going to show you is all the maps. Dude, this is way better than laser tag. Now because it feels like I'm in this space that you just, oh, holy. Oh, wow. So right now, Tom just changed our, our space. And we are outside what looks like an army base of some sort. There's a tank, a Hummer. Uh, and a bunch of other, you know, army vehicles. Looks like there's like maybe oh, that's an army vehicle of some sort. Well, let me let me put up let me put up the other maps. So this next one is a pirate map. Okay. So here we're gonna switch it again. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I'm. Oh, this looks like I'm in like a pirate town, like in the Caribbean or something. And then out we're like right on the the, the shoreline. Of, you know, you see the ocean and a bunch of pirate ships out there. Let me walk over to closer to the water here. Dude, this is freaking sweet. Like, it feels like I'm here. Here comes the snow map. Oh, that's cool. And that looks like we're in the North Pole. Shoot your gun. Oh, there's snowballs. So now you're having, so this could be more for people who don't really like the violence of guns and killing people. So it looks like we're in Santa's village. There's a bunch of like reindeer barns, and then Santa Claus is even with his sleigh. There's like a frosty with snowman. But around us, it's almost like we're in like a, a fenced-off area for the reindeers to have like reindeer games. But you can have like a snowball fight. Snow is actually falling right now. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Wait, go, so go back, go back to the start. We'll do one more, and then I'll show you like. We'll show you the configure. The next one is a Halloween map. Oh, James, dude, that's for class. Yeah. So here, here, this one, boom, now watch this. Oh! <laughs> so it's almost like we're in like a. So check out the walls. Gun, not a dungeon. This is like a medieval castle. There's a jackal road. I just turned around, there's a big pillar in front of me. There's yeah. like some big jackals. Jack these guns. Oh, that's pretty cool. So they're like little lasers. Well, not lasers, but oh wow, look at that gun. It's like something from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, look, you're Dracula, and I'm just like a pumpkin guy. No, right now you're a freaking bear with a scarf. Oh, well, you're Dracula. Oh, that's cool. And you have a different looking gun. So see my gun? Oh, yeah. Yours has a skull on it. And Dude, there's like sconces all around this castle that we're in with little flames coming out of them that looks like it's lighting. These big like chandeliers up at the top. Like it feels like we're in a huge castle. Yeah, the cool thing is, like if this was laser tag, you would have to have all these separate places to have this, these different arenas where now you just have this open space but you can be in these, these different locations. And, and like, if this was all real,
real practical stuff. This would be an amazing piece of set design that, that someone would have to build. But here you're just, it's, we're literally like what could be like a ballet studio. Just an empty room. Or you could just go like this. <laughs> Alright, so we just we're closing out the arena verse. Or what do you call it? Is that arena verse? No, just closing the arena. <laughs> Alright, so now uh, Tom has one of these little booths set up. And I'm gonna I'm getting this headset put on. We're gonna do the we're doing Alice the escape room. Okay, oh, so that guy up there, no, that's someone's feet. So what we're going to do is I'm going to hit start, okay, over here. Did you see the, the rabbit up there? Yeah, that was looking at his feet. I'm like right under his feet. Okay, so that, that thing just opened right there. What thing? Oh. See the little box? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Now, what you do is you use that trigger that was on the top. Oh, you yeah. reach down in and you grab it, hold on to it. Yeah, whoops. Am I drinking? Yeah, and then you're gonna drink it. We're drinking. Ah! <laughs> I'm shrinking. Oh! <laughs> oh wow, so now I'm big enough for the, the door. Okay, so let's teleport over there. And now you guess we can open this. Let me teleport a little closer. Ooh. There we go. So don't go oh, in here. Don't go in? Yeah, teleport in. Okay. Yeah. And then wait till you see this. Dang, let me get in there. So teleport as close as you can get to the door and then just go. Oh, there we go. There you go. Oh, there we go. Dude, holy mackerel. We're in, oh, it's like, it's like that MC Escher painting where there's like a floor on the wall. Yeah, and as you move down, like if you go this way, wait, where'd you go? Oh, you're in that hallway? Yeah. Okay. Whoa! This is crazy! Dude, I gotta tell you what's weird. There's a tree here inside this MC Escher house like place, and the, the tree is dropping leaves on me, and it's like windy, and the branches and leaves are all moving. That's weird. <laughs> So come, come down this way. We need to just find the red key and, and then kind of go from there. And this is the whole thing. It takes, it takes an hour to basically get through this. And, and that's that. But I have to say, this is so dang cool. There's no escape room that's going to have this elaborate of a place, of space to be yeah, so walking stay, around. Stay right Okay, so now we're gonna do the zombie experience. So what? What this is? This is gonna be in an abandoned uh, grocery store. Okay. And all the zombies are going crazy, and they're just gonna be coming at us from every which way. And right. uh, so I'm gonna put you in this headset, and then we're gonna start it. Now on the ground, in front of you, you're gonna see a pistol. Right. And you're going to go down, and the way you pick the pistol up is this button right here. Okay. So when you go down to grab it, you're going to grab it and hold on to it, because if you let go, 
it, it's going to drop Drive out of your hand. Okay. And a lot of people just let it go for whatever reason, but then you just grab it again. So you go, you hold it, and then boom, 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 to shoot. shoot. Trigger. Okay. When you want to restart, now it's going to start. Okay. And how do we transport? The same way? You don't. You just it's stationary. Oh, okay. So just we're just going to stay here. And now the zombies are basically going to come. Now, can they come? Oh, no, they're everywhere. Is that guy a zombie? Dude, that's so freaking cool. That's why I wanted you to stand over there, because he's all up in your grill. Yeah, he's like, that zombie came right up to me in my face. Like, I actually shot up at his chin. He was right there, so I actually got a headshot by shooting up at him. Went through his chin, up through his head. So the object of this game is you have the flashlight, and I don't, and it gets dark. Oh. So they're, they're right there, they're starting to come. Oh, damn, I'm to reload. See, and I can't reach those guys, so you have to actually shoot. So watch this. This guy's coming in. Watch this. Oh, dang it. Dang it, I gotta reload. The other thing, too, is you can punch them in the face. So when they get close, just drill them in the face, but don't let go of my controller. <laughs> Dude, your gun, like, has way more power. It's like I have to... See, watch this guy. Watch this guy. Ah! All right, so we just finished going through that zombie experience, and that was pretty dang cool. It feels like you're, it's weird when you took the headset off that it's weird to be in this Virtue Dome space again, versus like we were just in that store, <laughs> that convenience store, zombies coming from all over. It's, it's so weird to kind of just be like, oh wow, we're outside of that world now, and just back in this arena. Uh, it's just crazy. Like, I can't even explain how weird it is because it feels like we were really there. Yeah, especially with the configuration that we have, that door hitting open. Yeah. It's almost like you're, you're there. Yeah, the zombies were all coming from over there. And from behind us, it looked like it was a whole back part of the store, but it's really, there's a wall right here with a TV that says Virtue Dome on it. So basically, like, so the, the zombie experience, when you're shooting zombies, you go through levels, so it has the video game experience, so it, in order to get people to, to come back, like, they could want to beat a previous score, or beat someone else's score, basically. Yeah, so what happens at the end of, of that round of the zombies, it's 20 minutes, and at the end of it, it tells you your accuracy, headshots, number, like all your wounds, a number of limbs you shot off, number of kills, and then you go head to head with the other person and, and then you can compare it and then there's a score at the end that tells you this was your score. It even tells you how many times you've died. And, uh, and then at the end, you, you have bragging rights if you beat the other person. So how do you know what you have when you leave? At the, at the very end, it'll tell you, plus I can print it off. So you can print it off. So when Matt Douglas from Nightmare 365 comes, we could basically compare how much better we did than he did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he doesn't even know how to shoot a gun. So that would probably be that. That would disqualify. Yeah. It would be more complicated for him. Now you don't have any. 
uh, and, and blue and Greg, holes. Hold on, yeah, because Greg probably wouldn't even do it because he'd probably, you know, he'd probably chicken out, you know, before yeah. he went he'll, into the zombie experience. He'll, would he? Here's my question. This is a serious question. Would Greg <laughs> step into the studio? I don't know. Would he? Or would he come into the studio and just not put the headset on? Or would he well, put the headset on and then throw it off because zombies were coming? Well, any indication about his blue hole experience, I don't know. That's a tough question. Maybe, maybe Nightmare 365 needs to answer that question. Yeah, that is something that uh, we would definitely like to know. Maybe if Matt and Greg come out here, they could check out Virtue Dome and uh, try these things out and see what they think. Yeah, all just a blast. I, re- I remember having a great time, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, I will not be up there for Halloween to check out some of the, of the Halloween activities and festivities that you're doing there, but I'm sure you'll still have that stuff when I come up next time, and I look forward to, uh, to checking it out. But the, the bottom line is virtual reality is unreal. To say the least, and I think it's only getting better as, as time goes, these these games are getting more and more immersive. I mean, you know, with as long as we've already been talking, it's so crazy to me because I, I have so much more to say, but I feel bad when we interview people because when they have a passion for something, you could go on for days. Hopefully it, it, this wasn't too drawn out, but there's a huge passion here. It's one of the reasons why I always introduce stuff about virtual reality especially in the horror genre because i mean it just makes it makes it so much better it seems like our love for making haunted houses and we'd been making haunted houses we stopped going trick or treating and started making haunted houses when we were in elementary school and it seems like now you're kind of doing the same thing you're just doing it digitally especially now that you have these haunted experiences you know it's very similar to the stuff that we were doing at halloween time in our garage or in that old mill well even even so just just the the ultimate goal for me is to be more on the developing side as well as run the the arcade but i want to develop a haunted house that you can walk through uh, in my arena, so you put the headset on. You could have like maybe four other, you know, people with you, and then you physically walk through a haunted house and have have stuff happen in the headset because you can do and have stuff happen much better in virtual reality than you can in your own reality because it would be hard to have a ghost flying above your head or you know something running on the ceiling. You know, you could do that or underneath in VR. you. Like yeah. in our haunted house with the guy underneath where I was saying, like, I still have not seen that, So, but you could totally do that. And that, that was the thing which I was talking about in when I was there, is you can walk through areas that are very, like, just the, the ground that you're walking on is a physical hazard. But you can do that in virtual reality, whereas in real life, if you really had the grounds that dangerous someone would would twist an ankle or 
you know, fall and get hurt because you're walking, you could be walking on glass or something. Like you couldn't do that in real life. Whereas you well, yeah, can but think, do it think about in this. virtual think life. About, think about like uh, you you standing in a in like an underground tunnel and then all of a sudden a racing train that's on fire is coming towards you. I mean, how are you going to do that in reality? <laughs> you just really yeah. can't. So, well, earthquake and, and that's at, terrifying. At Universal Studios. Like, was that earthquake? Yeah, the subway came in. Was it on fire? But even though? then, like I don't remember. It it came in and it like broke off and and don't get me wrong, that was really intense. That was neat. I, I still think, you know, I'm not saying it's better because obviously, you know, in real life, it, it, you know, you when you make something that has that of, of a production, that's awesome to see. Um, but when you're, you know, bring it down a little bit, but it's still just as intense when you have yeah, a headset no on and, and a train's coming at you. So, um, yeah, I, it, that that's basically where I where I, the ultimate goal is, is to make my own haunted house inside a VR headset and physically walk through it. That'd be awesome. Nice. Okay, so you thought you were going to get out of this, but we're going to do this really, really, really quick. Uh, and this is our lightning round questions. What's your favorite monster? Oh, crap. That's too hard to even even say. I, I What? I don't it know. Is? Yeah. That is the Invisible Man. The Invisible Man, I, I love the Invisible Man, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, when you start putting... The Wolfman, Dracula, and Frankenstein. I mean, it's all of them. I, that's hard. I mean, I, I don't right, know so on that. I mean, you that's too hard for me to even answer. <laughs> okay, so what was the first one? What's the first one? When I say monster, what just comes to mind? First one that just pops up. All of them pop up because I think <laughs> the universal, universal monsters. There's no way to just coin one of those puppies. There's no way. All right. All right, so if you were a monster, what would you be? <laughs> well, we made you the Invisible Man on the yeah. website when we did the. So I'll picture, I'll just so go, with, go that. with that. I'll just go have with that. Harnessed, have you ever harnessed energy from lightning to create any of your virtual reality arcade experiences? Yes, all the time. I do yeah, that all the time. Have you ever tried to take over the world? Absolutely. I even have a book on how to do it. That we mentioned Perfect. in one of our Mad Scientist podcasts. Okay. Uh, what do you do for evil in your spare time? VR? Probably VR, yeah. Do you have any skeletons in your closet? Uh, well, I have tons because I normally have a ton of skeletons that I put out in the house. And uh, I try to scare all the kids when they come in. So, uh, you know, I'll place them in different places. That you do that. Yeah. Yeah, that when Halloween was coming around, you would... You'd like prop one up in a room or they or around a corner and they would wouldn't even be expecting it'd just be like they would wake up, they'd be walking around to go to school and all of a sudden there's a skeleton or a dummy or something. Dummies, clowns. I made a you know, a neat <laughs> dummy in in the kids' room one time where they walked in, you know, they were, you know, tired from soccer practice or whatever practice they were at and all of a sudden, they turn the light on in the room, and there's this dummy sitting in there, and it scared the heck out of him. And the clown that I had right before you walk into the garage, and yeah, there you go. It's good stuff. What's your favorite shade of blood and guts? Uh, it's it's got to be you know bright red. Uh, favorite type of victim? Ooh, one strapping a headset on. Yeah, I mean victim can be a zombie, really. Okay. 
what kind of scream or cry of terror do you love most? Um, not really sure on that one. I think uh, maybe maybe King Someone's Kong screaming on your VR. Do I got to answer these for you, dude? Yeah, well, maybe that's probably good. But I think about I'm going straight back because I mean, obviously, if I wanted to keep with the theme, I mean, yeah, watching customers scream like crazy would be probably pretty good if we were referring to a movie i would say uh what's her face uh in king kong because fey ray fey ray yeah iconic but yeah uh, you're you're probably right because in in terms of vr yeah yeah that's a great scream when you when you're providing the scares and then they they scream it's like oh cool no it's total fulfillment this total fulfillment Yeah. yeah what type of scream or cry of terror do you love least I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's definitely people who have that annoying scream that there's like, I don't know. It's like the fake scream yeah, where like, you know, the heck up. yeah, you know, they're full of crap and you're like, geez, you, you need to they're shut doing up it for attention. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that, oh, that's my annoying. God, no one cares. Just like, stop, stop. <laughs> uh, what's your yeah. favorite torture device is the last a VR question. headset that shoots knives through your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh, probably um, the, really the when you question. think about it probably probably the guillotine would you know if you're really thinking about like one the guillotine okay. is pretty bad nice i was gonna say what do you have in the works plans for halloween but you kind of talked about that unless if there is yeah. something else that you were kind of looking at that's on the horizon i don't know no i mean that that's pretty much it that's what i'm doing for halloween this year it's going to be you know totally non-traditional uh to what i normally do but yeah i mean i want people to come into the business and 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 have fun and like you know, I want to, I want to see people scream and walk out and then say that was really neat. And, um, you know, I'll probably have like a cauldron in there, you know, with candy, you know, uh, that people can have and, and stuff like that. But that, that's really what would make me happy is, is just, you know, tons of people coming in and, and playing, you know, VR scary games and then walking out and being satisfied with it. That's ultimately yeah, what I it, love it, about that I, place. I think definitely having one of those black plastic cauldrons filled with the best trick-or-treat candy of all time, which is Milky Way. <laughs> <laughs> what or was you yours? Could just was listen your to Snickers? Our, our, uh, our podcast that we had about what the best the candy episode. Candy I forget is, what yeah. you said your favorite was. Was it Snickers? I don't even remember now. What There's is, so many yeah, good I know candies. Mine's, mine's always Milky Way. Milky Way's the best. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I said but, All right. Yeah. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being a guest on your own show. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to learn more about Virtue Dome, go to VirtuDome.com. That's V-I-R-T-U-D-O-M-E.com. V-I-R-T-U-D-O-M-E.com. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. And obviously, this is going to benefit you most if you're in the Moscow, Idaho area, because that is where this arcade is located. But if you are in that area, definitely check it out. It is cool. If you're planning any trips to the area, uh, check out Virtue Dome. It is cool. And you guys are also on social media and all that, so you can friend, follow, join, subscribe. And, and that you could find all of that on your website, Tom, or do you just have to search it? Nope. If you go on the website in the top right, you'll see all the social media icons. There's YouTube channel, Reddit, there's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that's on there. Nice. 
All right, well, I think this was a pretty packed night. Anything else uh, before we call it a night? No, that'll do it. All right, well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Jack Lantern Press Podcast. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. There you'll also find our book, Transylvania Traveler, which is a humorous travel guide to and through the monster universe. And you can call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating interview. It's a huge help for the podcast, and we would greatly appreciate it. Now, to take us out, we usually like to play a clip from a Halloween Sounds album that Tom and I had as kids, but tonight... We're going to play something from a newer album, one that came out in 2019. And I thought that in honor of my personal favorite VR experience at Virtue Dome, the zombie experience, of course, that uh, that I'd play a clip from this newer album called Zombies Sound Effects by Sounds Ideas. This particular track is called, you ready for this? Zombies Feasting on Human Brains. As always, thanks so much for joining us this evening, and we'll meet up again soon in the Pumpkin Patch. (laughs) 